Welcome to episode 83 of Echo Screen Podcast. My name is Blaze. With me this week, as always, is Robert. How's it going? Uh, I ask, you know, like, in Groundhog's Day, is there a theory that uh, the life insurance salesman is behind it all? Or He's the secret um, god of all time, and he uh, makes... Uh, makes him trapped in that time loop because he forgot him in uh in school not only does he forget him but there's i was thinking about this the other day after we finished watching it uh spoilers but uh we uh for that 1993 movie yeah uh towards the ending he's let go after he buys the insurance well i think it was just uh i think it was just he had the perfect day and he had to be yeah. uh he had to he learn to he had to learn to grow a human heart which it took him thousands and thousands of years in a time loop of living the same day for thousands of years uh, assumably to uh become a fully fledged good person anyway that's a long way of saying thanks for keeping with us after a <laughs> couple weeks break we uh Last weekend, we were, the we Northeast. Were stuck in a time loop, yeah, actually. Northeast <laughs> got hit by a blizzard. A time loop and Pokemon came out, so uh, you know, <laughs> couldn't make a show. But we're here now. Uh, yeah. So some news from the uh, past couple weeks, which are as follows: Sony respond almost like feels like a response to uh, Microsoft. It does. It yeah, does. it's like, hey, we're gonna buy Bungie. Remember Bungie? What did Bungie make um, for a million years ago for uh, for Microsoft in particular? Any guesses, uh, Rob? It's uh, it's a game with a guy in armor. Dead Space. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I think it was Metroid. Guy in armor. There we go. <laughs> no. I never finished playing it. Yeah, yeah. Halo. Bungie made <laughs> Halo, um, and then they wanted out of that. And eventually they made Destiny, and okay. And then Sony, uh, then they teamed up with Activision um, for Destiny 2, or Destiny and Destiny 2, not 100%. Don't really care. Not my games. Yeah. Uh, But now Sony acquired them, and for $1.2 billion, which is, like, pretty, like, low-balling. Like, it's, like really small scale compared to the $70 billion that, like, Activision just got a purchase that but it's all good i mean um i don't think it is that big of a deal i mean unless uh like they make good games for the audiences that play them i don't i'm not into mmos and i'm not into first person shooters so yeah not really for me i mean it's it's another one of those things we talked about this last time where like it kind of makes sense based on the trajectory of how they've been working with uh sony in the past uh like kind of like the kind of games that have been released i think it's only just been the destiny games if i'm well yeah i basically think after halo like they were done with halo i think it's only been destiny and like the destiny expansions and i think the only reason they like went to destiny 2 was specifically because like there was some like activision mandate that like you have to make a sequel 
and like to make a sequel to an MMO in within like a few years is just like why would you cannibalize your audience like that? So that's why I think Destiny went free to play at a certain yeah. point, and then like you buy the expansions. But yeah, um, I mean, it's all it's like that's about it for the news. I don't have much else to say about it. Um, other than that. Have you ever heard of Yacht Club games, Rob? I assume not. Um, I don't think you've my, played... My brain kind of, like, sur- like shorted out there. Like, I'm not sure if it got caught on camera there, but I just was like, I have never heard <laughs> yeah. any of the words you just said. Yeah, Yacht Club games is um, a small developer. They are, uh, are known for, I'm sure you've heard of it, Shovel Knight. Okay. Yeah, they made Shovel Knight and all the DLCs and stuff. Anyway... They're making a new game. It's called, um, what is it called? Mina the Hollower. And it's about a uh, a mouse. And the game is basically being compared to, it looks like a, a Game Boy Advance game. And that's, uh, I'm sorry, a Game Boy Color game. And that's not an insult. It's supposed to emulate the looks and style and gameplay of uh, games like Link's Awakening and um, Castlevania elements, and it really looks like that. Uh, Yacht Club games, Shovel Knight, like they're when they approach like a retro style game, like of a genre of like a thing they're referencing, they do it, or at least have done it, like extremely well. So, yeah, uh, I think I'll probably be more into this than I was Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight, I'm sorry, Shovel Knight, because. Uh, I don't know. I'm more of a Zelda person than I am like a Mega Man person, I guess. So there's that. I, I was gonna, I was gonna say it was like brave choice to like for the Shovel Knight developer to like name something that's gonna make people think of Hollow Knight. Yeah, I'm, Hollow. I'm like Mina the Hollower, Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight, completely different, um, completely different. But yeah, uh, yeah, my brain obviously went right there. Anyway, yeah, it looks really cute. Um, I'm not usually into these like retro looking games, but you know, who knows? There's, a, there's been a good few. Yeah, that we that we played where it's like, well, I know you especially love the Scott Pilgrim game. Scott Pilgrim game. I'm into the. Uh, I like Streets of Rage. I've been, I played uh, some Streets of Rage Four. I don't know if I talked about it on okay. the show, but uh. Oh, wait a minute. A while back, I think we talked about it. Quite possible. And then, um, what else? Undertale? Deltarune? Those are pretty retro style looking. I, I, the only, like, retro game I've played is, like, one where, like, I'm pretty sure no one played it except for five people who none of them, I'm sure, listened to this. Uh, have you ever played The Mummy Demastered? Okay, that's that (laughs) no i've never heard of it what when did it come out what was it for it was for like uh ps4 ps4 really yeah it was a it was here's why no one's really heard heard of it it was released in tandem with the tom cruise mummy movie that'll do it yeah yeah and it's and it's like based very much around it what is that like 2016 2017 
Yeah, 2017. Yeah, I think. Okay. And what what um, style was it in? I, if it was it retro was, looking. It, it was made to look like Castlevania. Okay. It played like a Dark Souls game, where like Strange. if you died, you had to like go grab your things again, and then like wow. you're stuck in the. Um, but it was it was a very fun to play, very aggravating because hmm. I hate Dark Souls games most of the time, but um what do you call it it was it has a killer soundtrack like if anyone's listening if you if blaze if you're looking to like i know i, I you know stuff, i love soundtracks so <laughs> i really do it's, it's like an 8-bit like uh soundtrack i i think a notable like kind of synth band made it i hmm. don't know the name off the top of my head but it is killer and i Sweet. listen to it sometimes while i'm writing stuff so it's cool that's a good recommendation thank you uh along those lines uh anamanaguchi they released a new um single remix of uh hopes and dreams which is from undertale and it's uh toby fox like the creator of undertale and the composer for all the music in undertale responded with like super like this is so nice because the music was like inspired by Anamanaguchi. So for them to make like a remix of a song, like inspired by that, like that I was like that I created inspired by their music. It's just like full circle, super cool. So it's pretty good if you want to listen to that. Um, yeah, that's a bit for the news. Cause who cares? Uh, any, any like big things you've already heard about it in the last, couple of uh yeah oh stadia like stadia is done if you didn't already know stadia remember that do you know what google stadia is rob <laughs> do you remember what it is i remember being bombarded by commercials for Stadia. yeah for it's over dude. year yeah it's done over uh, it's it they've given up it's just oh yeah they basically it, as of the uh whatever report that came out like today or something it's being deprioritized or i think they're trying to sell off the uh technology or whatever i mean a while a while back like a year ago even they were like killing off the teams that they like had as their their they purchased developers and stuff and then they like were killing those teams off and like canceling the games so it's just i mean it's google with technology so yeah i mean that's i mean that's the solid track record, isn't it? It's like, it's I, consistent. Like when we talked about it, we're like, "Will they support this? Why would we invest in this platform?" And here we are. They're like, "What? Yeah, sure." Well, I mean, and we gave it like a month. Okay, Google <laughs> Glasses, you're out of here. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of like a it, people needed to heavily invest in it. Like consumers needed to like buy into it really like really hard at the beginning for them to keep it up but everyone was wary that they wouldn't support it. So they didn't do that. So it failed. Like, and Google was like, we've put in enough money. We don't want to put any more money in. Like, that's kind of how these things go. It's like, we could make so much money in video games, but video games are really expensive. So you, you have to take, you will take a loss. Do to- you think that's, that's something that they didn't factor in? Like when they, when they first went into it, they were just like in the middle of it. They were like, Oh wow, this isn't much more intensive. I don't want to do this anymore. 
I would assume, uh, I would assume not. Like, I feel like they would do the research, like all the market research, yeah. and uh, they would know that. But also, I think it was just like you just said. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you're like, I don't think, I, you know, they're, reasonably, they wouldn't have done that with going into research. Also, yes, they entirely <laughs> did do that. <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine that some investor was like, video games? are really profitable we should get in on that and everyone was like yeah but it's like really expensive it's like a long-term thing to make money at it and they're like that's fine we could do it we're google and then i like six months in they're like i don't want to do this anymore why? it's not making any money why is there no money <laughs> yeah it's just like why is why is the cost going up but the profits are like not going up i don't understand anyway that's math and uh rob do you want to talk about uh superman and lois or do you want to talk about uh do you want me to talk about something else before you go into it oh uh well uh well superman and lois um i i just need to uh i i'll i'll go through it very quickly uh, I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's the end I, of the show, everyone. We're in a soundbite. Uh, Rob saying I was wrong, and that's oh, no. and turn the podcast off. That's what it's all been waiting for. Yes, you just waiting so I can just keep. Eighty-three episodes for him to say I was wrong. That's it. That was the scheme the whole time. A, a very clear, like you don't have to cut between it too much. Yep. Like it was just out there perfect oh god perfect soundbite thank you oh uh, no uh well before we end the show forever i guess i should just tell you um they, they did a really good um uh long con for hmm. this um during one of the comic cons during uh in between everything uh between season one and two the actor who plays Superman, Tyler Hecklin, was in, uh, was asked like, "What supervillain would you like to be, appear on the show?" And he was like, "I think Doomsday. Why not? Well, let's let's just uh, do it." And and uh, so the season begins, and it's very much looks like Doomsday is coming through. the The showrunner is like. Looks like you guys got us. It looks a lot like Doomsday, doesn't it? Wow. Uh, and then they pull episode... the fast one. Wait, wait till episode three, and you'll get a full reveal. And uh, so everyone's like that. And so episode three comes around. Um, between everything that's happening in the like three episodes leading up to it, there's something in the minds of Smallville that is like trying to break out. Uh, that's like buried underneath the earth. And it's in a containment suit. And but the weird thing is, Superman seems to have a telepathic link to it. Like he's every once in a while he gets flashes of this what this thing is seeing. And so, uh, episode three comes around. The thing breaks out of the mines, and uh, Superman appears. And they go at it. They start fight, fighting each other. And then uh, Steel comes around manages to blast off the side of its of its containment suit and underneath it is a pale cracked skin version of superman 
and it turns to Superman and it does it's not Bizarro and it's Bizarro wow and they and by the end of the episode he takes off the suit he is wearing the backwards S he has a plate on his things on his neck and he is speaking in reverse that's pretty cool and and so Bizarro is in it is like wow. a good, good twist that they pulled. Nice. And yeah, that's they when they use like comic book expectations against the audience, which is yeah. and that's like good. Like yeah. when they play with their expectations and uh, surprise you that way. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and it look they're doing pretty good stuff with him so far. They uh, they also have a small thing. I don't know if it is going to go into a bigger thing, but um, Smallville a... <laughs> into Biggerville. Yes, uh, they end, they're going to move to Biggerville by the end of it. Gotcha. Uh, no, uh, they're also working with a cult this season. They're working is... with them. They're teaming up. <laughs> they're teaming up with a cult to stop Bizarro. Um, no, uh, there's a cult uh, led by a character in the comics who is a female version of Parasite. I know and... the character Parasite only from Young Justice, so... yeah. Okay. Uh, Parasite is essentially Superman villain. Mm-hmm. He, you you already know this, but for anyone who's listening, uh, Parasite absorbs the energy of Superman. He's a energy vampire almost, but not energy vampire in real life, where they just are trying to like take your mood. Uh, they're <laughs> like, um, uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Uh, it his the main goal of Parasite is always I feeling weak but if i grab onto superman i'll feel strong uh it looks like they're going into an interesting route uh with the idea of parasite it may not become a supervillain in that sense Mm. but they're working with like a very more of the energy vampire kind of thing but it but there's hints to it might be something more super like not supernatural but like there might be something in it that's weird so hmm. those are the two threats of this season so far cool but um yeah there's pretty like i feel like bizarro doesn't get much screen time or like yeah. or like these days and then parasite is like i feel like even le- like way less so like yeah who was superman's villains lex Luthor. that's that's it well, if you go by movies, it's Lex Luthor Zod. and General Zod. Yeah. That's it. Isn't Zod, like, a made-for-the-movie? Like, originally, he wasn't even a comic character? Uh, Zod was, like, a much lower-tier character beforehand. It okay. was just kind of like, every once in a while, he'd be like, I was the leader of the military on Krypton, but I survived. You should shape up, Superman. And you're like, no, I don't want to. You're bad. And he's like, okay, then that's it. There wow. wasn't this whole mythical thing with them. Uh, gotcha. Where they were so. like, we can't, we can't, uh, I don't even know what Zack Snyder's thing was with the whole, like, the stamp that was the Kryptonian DNA. I don't remember any of that stuff. They, they, they kind of work with, it's interesting with the show, like, they kind of factored that in. Mm. Like, they go with the idea that there was predetermined reading on krypton and um it kind of works more to like uh more for like kind of the fact krypton wasn't amazing it was technologically advanced 
but it became corrupt in its own way as things went on. How, how relatable. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's horrible. Uh, yeah, I guess we can go if you're if you have nothing else to say about it, we can move on. Yeah, that's it. Uh, watch Superman and Lois if it, if any of that sounds interesting to you. It does. It sounds pretty interesting. That's second season. Second season. All First right. season is all on HBO Max right now. Okay, cool. Um, so Netflix. You know Netflix, right, Rob? That streaming service, Netflix. I've heard of it. So Netflix does this thing where they uh, basically pay for uh, anime. And they make it like a they're like Netflix original anime. Okay. Anyway, they did that again, and this time it was uh, they. It's called Orbit the Orbital Children, um, and it's a six episode. It's like apparently it's two parts, and part one came out like last week, and it's uh, six episodes. Part two comes out I think next week, something. Um, and it is set in the year 2045 on a space hotel and they're kids and social media is a big deal and it's in space and there's gravity anyway uh long story short people are like really praising it for being really good on the internet and i watched it obviously and i was like all the concepts here that you are talking about i've been done before it sounds like it in Gundam. <laughs> the I, I was I was gonna go even lower tier. I was gonna even say like the One Hundred, a show called Another Life, which is also on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, the whole premise is um, they're really supported by AI, but there was this rogue AI that um, like did some bad things, so they had to put limiters on how intelligent ai could get but they still let like ai rule their entire lives so like that's pretty interesting right and they're also on like a space hotel and there's space elevators all this like future tech is very believable if that makes any sense okay so the original premise is not like gundam like it's okay. there's no mechs or whatever in the yeah, show yeah. but like it's cool design wise like all of the um space oriented like technology how it like progressive what they're using it for all really cool all like the gravity stuff and like the design of everything top tier then you get to a pretty generic anime story and anime like tropes with the characters and it's like super par it's like super okay and then like the overlying i think uh i don't think it's a big deal basically there's this comet and they like there's a faction of people who are like we should we should have a comet fall into the earth and kill uh 39% of all people on earth so we can save the planet earth and like oh been there done that with Gundam guys like overpopulation the like resources that we're running out of Thanos was right all that all that stuff you know that people that people talk about it's been done before it's not really that interesting if i'm being honest so they they go in that like yeah. that direction so i was kind of like whatever you but kind of checked out yeah i was just like man this had so much promise because i was like it didn't have to do that 
Like, mm-hmm. if you just made it, like, set in this setting without doing that, I would have been, like, really in, on board. So I don't know what part two is going to be about because uh-huh. they, like, solve the issue or whatever. Um, would you say, like, this this setting feels interesting enough for you to give it another shot to see if they do something more interesting. Yeah. I would say, yes, it didn't piss me off enough. Like, uh, season one of He-Man or whatever. (laughs) It didn't make me mad. Wrong. (laughs) It didn't make me mad. It was just like, okay. And I think the aesthetic and technology is cool enough to pursue watching the second part, but I don't necessarily know if I'm like, looking for like the story i guess i'm just like more interested to see what technology they have i believe there's like more time has elapsed so i i wonder what they're doing with it if it's mostly just about the characters and them dealing with their plot line of this stuff that already happened then i don't i don't know but that's about that with being as vague and specific as possible. I don't want to like spoil the nitty gritty parts of it, but yeah, that's the base premise of it anyway. Uh, yeah. So anyway, something that is really good that I watched and I've been putting off for a while. Actually, it was Cobra Kai season four. Okay, I have not seen any of this show yet. Have you seen any of the Karate Kid movies? I've seen the first one, bits of the second one. Uh, I remember a lot of the third one for some reason. It, I guess that would, we'd always rent that from the video store. Mm-hmm. Was, and man, I'm realizing how old I am when I said video store. Yeah, I love, I, I love the era of video stores for sure. So. Oh, well, we had we had this like really nice one, just in like some little plaza. But, you know, but no one wants to hear that. Uh, it, it was just it was really cool. Yeah, no, I miss, I miss, uh, it was like the weekend. You'd go to the video store. When I was a kid, when I was really little, the blockbuster we had over here had, like, video games. Like, import games. They had the kiosk that prints out the stickers from Pokemon Snap. Like, why wouldn't, like, what? That's amazing. Anyway. I, I, I have a very weird, uh... I remember going there because going to a video store because it was around the same time they released that Game Informer for that said Tron will be a level in Kingdom Hearts 2 and is like I need to figure out what Tron is. So I go. marched into the video store and was like, "Sir, show me where the Tron is." And then I came back to the video store like uh, 2 days later. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard that uh that sound that was a cat so uh expect ex- yeah, expect more of that if you if you can hear uh her meows anyway she slowly will encroach on the wall behind him she's really going she's really beeping over here okay I'm trying to record here thank you all right um yeah so cobra kai season four uh like the rest of cobra kai has uh is way better than it has any right to be like it is not supposed to be this good, like, at all. And it, like, okay, so Karate Kid 1 is, like, one of the, like, it's just a good movie, right? It's a solid film. 2 and 3 are not as well regarded in any way. They're kind of bad. But 
it uses the lore of those movies and it like makes them good uh if that makes any sense and it makes them relevant and it takes the best parts recontextualizes them and adds stakes to uh to like to what's happening in the in the show now and like what's going to go on for the future of the show and it has been renewed for a season five so that's pretty uh it's pretty good but yeah um i don't know it's just like it's fun the action sequences are like really good they don't like it's it's all like uh it's it's really funny to watch a show where they're like karate is the way we solve all our problems, and it's very specific to these guys are obsessed with like a karate tournament, like a regional karate tournament for their like their local like area. It's not even like it's the not state. Even world finals or no, anything. it's not the state. It's not nationals. It's really just like this specific like county. It's their like their karate tournament and everyone's like so like wrapped up in this karate stuff it's it's uh, it's like and like characters are like are you you really it's like a karate thing like you really having this big deal because of karate it's like yeah (laughs) so it's absurd but it's entertaining for sure it's absurd and it like it leans into like the absurdity at some points i would assume yeah oh for sure and it also plays with the whole like i feel like i've talked about this before but it's like ralph macchio he was like he's the good guy but then they in the show they recontextualize it with just because he was the protagonist does not make him a good guy like some of the stuff that he did was actually really messed up which i i watched uh i had never watched it to completion Mm -hmm. until a few years ago and then I, I watched it uh, for a class, and I was like, "Ralph Macchio's an asshole." <laughs> yeah. Like, like legitimate. I wrote because it was for a class, and they were like, "Write something about like the character's journey." And the thing I noticed about the movie was he goes, he's about to apply to the Cobra Kai thing. He's like listening to the guy's speech, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, he's right." And the only reason he doesn't sign up is he sees the bully there. He sees, uh, what's his name? Tommy. Uh, yeah, he sees Tommy. And he's and he's like too scared to go in there. So he would have become Tommy. Yep. It's like he would have just slunk, slunk into it if it wasn't for that. That's so, like, that's kind of a, the, the show is yeah. showing that uh, Ralph and Tommy are not very different at all. They're... They just went down different paths. Otherwise, they're very similar, and they like, for all intents and purposes, should be working together. But they can't get out of each other's own way. It's really, it's really like compelling for how like uh, dramatic and soap opera e and like ridiculous it is. It's like good writing. So, you know, I definitely. It, it, I think that's a really good thing to take and run with, mm-hmm. and that. And it sounds like everything I'd love to watch about it. So yeah, I might I might just sit down and uh, get to it, try to catch up. It's worth it for like the first two seasons. It was a YouTube original, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, it was, Netflix picked it up around season 
three. Three-ish, so yeah, something like that. Yeah. And like, I think towards the end of two, they were like, you guys. But it's surprising how um, consistent the uh, like it didn't feel like the quality like was not there. Like it feels like it had a decent budget the whole time. They weren't pulling any punches, uh, no pun intended on that one. Um, any at any point, like even when it was YouTube original, like it, like so that's cool. But yeah, I really uh, I really enjoyed that. I feel like I always do whenever I watch the season, but, you know. Um, all right, Rob. Let's talk about it. This past Wednesday, here in the States, uh, it was February 2nd for uh, 2022. And February 2nd is known as Groundhog's Day. Yeah. And so, uh, you know me. I like weird cryptid stuff. I... Uh, I think Groundhog Day is like, yeah, I think Groundhog Day is like so strange that it's like cultural phenomenon that I'm like really invested in it. Like every year I'm like, guys, I'm busy on February 2nd. Don't bother me. And no one's like, everyone's like, what's on February 2nd? Why are you like this? And I'm just like, what do you mean? It's Groundhog Day, guys. Come on. It is bizarre. how much (laughs) this seems like a pagan ritual that hasn't left yeah i don't i really don't know where it comes from i didn't look it up either i just enjoy that it exists so yeah it it's so you you especially he showed us this video uh from his favorite person in the world video game donkey i'm really i'm a big Um, fan of this video it was just like wow i did not know this guy's uh, video game donkey is known for his like obsession with donkey kong and then he makes which, if you guys didn't know, um, I, I'll, I too like Donkey Kong. But anyway, um, he made this, like, conspiracy theory, gra- like, a Punxsutawney Phil Groundhog's Day video. Like, uh, like I don't know if it was last year or the year before. It's really, uh, really, it, like, uses Metal Gear stuff in it. It's very funny. It has this incredibly menacing, menacing soundtrack when, when it comes to the part where uh i didn't ever think that this was a part of it because i never watched any of the uh ceremonies but the part where everyone's like phil 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 Phil. yeah it's it's really good uh anyway watch groundhog day the uh bill murray movie from uh very quickly we started sending each other gifts about it yeah and then we were like we need to watch this are we watching this today yeah it's the only day we can watch it clear clear the schedules so we woke up our friend like we might as well have dro- driven over to his house kicked him out of bed and say come on we're watching it yep and so we did and there's a lot of things wrong with that movie uh in the modern day but yeah. i would argue that it is timeless in the fact that uh this character was being bad even by those days standards so it's not it's the movie isn't glorifying the, that yeah. that bad, bad behavior they're actually like showing you it's really bad like yeah. so the behavior's there and like it, it could make you shudder for a second but in the in the context of the movie i it kind of it works even to by today's standards to the like yeah i want to see this guy suffer for a little bit yeah basically it it's the premise is this guy who is completely like full of himself, arrogant, self-centered, he like 
feels like he's too good for this thing and uh which is to co- he's a weatherman and he has to every year he has to cover the groundhog seeing a shadow or not and so he's like completely over it wants to be out of there he is uh on his worst behavior and so he lives out his day and then he keeps living out that day until he becomes not a bad person anymore yeah that's that's the movie (laughs) they don't ever clarify like what's the reason why he's in there Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's interesting because like i i think like this even was like a lot of priests uh from like many religions and everything like look at this movie as like a movie about spiritual uh rebirth and all that and it's Hmm. it kind of works in that way it kind of works for like like kind of like going through hell and like kind of uh you know at least in a state of mind and possibly reality who knows maybe uh maybe uh he was uh, absorbed by the great uh demon phil <laughs> and phil uh kept him in his uh grasp but you know aside from that you know uh it's it's a fantastic film still like i keep forgetting how good this is yeah it's it's written really well and how much ground they can cover in such like a short period of time to like develop a character um i think it helps that he is like the main focus of the whole film the entire time he's the main character and he is the one that needs to develop every anything that changes around him is because of his actions not anything else that's happening like he is the action of change with throughout the whole film so if he if he does something bad everyone is worse off if he does something good everyone is better like better off that's yeah it's really well uh directed focused written it's just yeah, yeah. um I, I i do always want to see like an epilogue where he is like the most talented man in the world just going around in yeah it kind of makes him into a literal god where he <laughs> has spent so much time mastering all of these things so that he can have the perfect day that uh like let loose into the world i don't know how he's not like the most accomplished man of all time but oh, I... but it's probably because he's now humble so he does not need to flaunt it and it doesn't that doesn't matter to him anymore essentially yeah he'll be good at parties he won't like take over the world with his new powers but you know yeah his power of playing an instrument and uh <laughs> you know knowing everything about this one town <laughs> you know i think he says let's move here at the ending huh. so like well then he will take over that town he's, he'll yeah, be the so mayor he's going to become mayor he is going to yeah i don't want to see a groundhog's day too i do not want them to be like they make a um a ghostbusters afterlife of groundhog's for, day for this one yeah personally i mean that's not how i want it to go yeah I, I i definitely think it's better off and now that we've said we don't want it tomorrow we're gonna get a reveal that go, that groundhog's day 2 is happening so uh i can't wait that (laughs) it's kind of like um it's funny to say this it's like a modern um christmas carol right it is yeah so because i mean christmas carol they make a new one every few years because i think it's like public domain or something 
I think it is, yeah. And uh, Groundhog's Day came out in 93, so we're on like 30 years that that movie came out. Yeah. So. Well, it's been kind of remade, like, uh, from like time to time to time, but like it's always put in a different genre. Like, mm-hmm. there's Edge of Tomorrow slash Live, Die, Repeat, because for some reason that movie had two names because the marketing team couldn't figure out how to sell that movie. Um, you would never believe it was based on anime. <laughs> So, I think it's actually based on a light novel, which then was which was turned into like a manga, which then I don't know even know if it has an anime, but no, it it doesn't have an it doesn't have an anime as a movie. Um, Yeah, as a Tom Cruise movie, which is beyond my like wildest dreams. Um, Does everyone here in the uh, audience that doesn't talk back? Does everyone know what a light novel is? Have we talked about what a light novel is? Because feel like anyone who's anime inclined and they don't know what a light novel is they just like go over to that section in barnes and noble they pick up a book with a really beautiful cover they open it and they see words and they're like they're like Ugh! i don't want to play with you anymore as they put it like back on the shelf anyway a light novel is a novel whoa and it has images inside of it so yeah but uh it's it's kind of it's always been around but now it's like um even more like uh popular in the states anyway a lot of the manga and um, anime that get produced now are instead of being like they're literally adapted from the light novels instead of like it being a manga first like sure there's plenty of manga that then turn into anime but and like reverse manga and anime that get turned to light novels, but light novels are kind of um, like a faster medium because you're writing, and then you have an artist who is separate do the like does the art for you, um, and then you can publish those things quarterly or faster because they're like 150 to 200 pages sometimes at like maximum length. Yeah, the frequency which graphic novel style like and novel length books in comparison to our industry in the in the states, like imagine if a trade paperback came out every like two to three months for the series that was currently coming out with weekly chapters. So if you were reading Batman and a new comic came out every week, a weekly, right, you would get in every two months you would get a collected trade which that does not happen here so yeah anyway i I, maybe like once every six months we get a trade or something for that series anyway but yeah yeah it's pretty like like they're flying over in, in japan like they're they produce so much content so fast but yeah anyway yeah uh groundhog day still good still my like yearly tradition to watch that on uh on or around groundhog day but uh okay let's talk about it feels good man it's a uh, documentary about pepe the frog okay i've never heard of this yeah so it's uh so if you didn't know pepe the frog was a comic character kind of like an underground comics character i don't specifically remember the creator's name 
because it's been a couple weeks since I watched the film, but uh, it's about the story of how like Pepe the Frog became a meme and then became a hate symbol, a registered hate symbol, um, and how like 4chan used Pepe the Frog to uh, what they feel like get a certain president elected uh, as president. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's a really good film that goes into some dark, horrible stuff. Like you, like I felt like as a, like a creator with my own characters, I felt like, what if this happened to one of my characters? They, they stand for good and they get turned into like essentially an evil symbol and then literally registered with a, like a group the like the group that makes like things constitute as a hate symbol yeah like terrifying stressful the guy the the creator of pepe the frog handles it pretty well for the most part like he he gets you can see that he's like angry and upset but he like handles it way better than i think that any normal person would i guess this you go uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, like, it sounds like, it sounds very, like, I, I don't know, that, that seems like a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> the, literally. the biggest thing, like, and we're, we're seeing that so often now, like, we're seeing uh, so many things, like, being turned, like, from just little jokes to, like, the wrong people just grabbing a hold of it and just, like turning into something very ugly mm-hmm. like even like well this is like oh this is completely untread ground uh, as i might be saying uh, no one's ever talked about this before but you know the punisher symbol uh, you yeah. might you might know about uh, yeah yeah um to the point where right now uh they are bringing in back the punisher with a new symbol so to further just get get away with that uh it will get that out of there so like don't worry there'll be plenty of uh change.org petitions like bring back the punisher symbol um, immediately there's going to be people who are just like how dare you it's not like you should make a you should hire a very um i don't know if you can get around the uh the contract that he has signed with uh, DC right now, but you should totally get Tom King back so he can write a Punisher story and, like, ruin the character in the eyes of those, like, the people who love the Punisher, which it would just be a story about the Punisher that humanizes, like, him and, like, makes his character uh, less horrific overall. But, hey, that's just my opinion of what Tom King could do. Um, so, you know, some guy on the internet. I feel like Tom King would definitely have a field day with the Punisher. Yeah. He got his hands on that. And I feel like, I don't know, they're bringing back Jason Aaron, who wrote a long run with him, Mm. do the new run, so. Cool. I hope uh, there's something interesting to say in 2022 about a character like the Punisher. Yeah, which I'm wondering if it's just going to be, like, okay priority number one just change the symbol or if he does have something to say about the punisher and how to change him yeah to be 
because like it's something that even with I, i'm sorry to focus so much on this but I, my last note it'll circle made. back don't worry yeah um jerry conway the creator of the punisher like back in the day he was like punisher's not a aspirational character like he is not great <laughs> and uh like it kind of disgusts him to this day at how the character has been taken uh I'm, throughout the years i mean i would hope that any sane rational person would be disgusted with people like being like hey this guy that murders people like he's the judge jury and executioner of the like the punisher of these people more heroes need to be like he's the he's my ultimate hero guys i wish um people in power were like that oh okay (laughs) that's not good iron man that's a superhero he kills everyone so if you if you like the part in iron man one where he like goes into that village and kills like everyone and he's like okay like he got justice for everyone revenge is not good if you didn't know like not really not really the point of that (laughs) but anyway uh yeah so feels good man i went in really hesitant because i was like how do we see this frog this happy-go-lucky frog become this like alt-right hate symbol and then uh I did not expect to come out of that and be hopeful for the future, like based on the work that the creator is like doing to like recontextualize and bring Pepe back essentially to not be like the internet is a, uh, uncontrollable force at this point. You can't like put the, the lid back on it. And I don't think anyone is trying to but i think that um the essence of the character is good and so like using that preservation or like retaining that or restoring that is kind of the goal yeah it was really worth the watch uh it's a lot more complex than i have words for it right now two weeks removed but definitely Definitely yeah it sounds like an important documentary to tell yeah especially in the modern era yeah yeah very interesting story is it on anything or is it just like you i don't remember what we we, i think we watched it it might have been amazon but i think it was rented like i don't think it's like free to stream or anything so but you can most likely rent it there um yeah okay so we talked about all that stuff and I haven't mentioned the um, elephant in the room. And I think I said the same thing for Feels Good Man, which is kind of really funny. But there are no elephants in Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> okay, that you, I was scared. I was like, wait, did something else terrible? <laughs> no, yeah. So um, Pokemon Legends Arceus came out on the 28th, which was a week ago. And there is like... It was, like, kind of hard to get this game online. Like, you could get it at most retail stores, but online, it was, like, delayed for a lot of people um, who were trying to get it. Like, specifically my copy, I ordered through Amazon because Amazon was, like, 
the only one that had a pre-order bonus, um, which was just a digital pre-order bonus. But anyway, my copy from Amazon didn't get here until Monday. So there's that. But anyway, uh, it's kind of the same thing that happened with uh, Remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Literally the same thing. It was supposed to come out on a Friday. Heart, like shipping, like it was like right at the start of the pandemic. Shipping was a problem. Didn't get the copy until the following Monday, which was tough. But by the time you got it, I I think you beat the game faster than I did, and I like played it in like for the week beforehand. Yeah. So, so I I um actually for for both final fantasy 7 um remake and for pokemon legends arceus i was like i'm not getting my copy the day it comes out my physical copy so i'm gonna buy the digital copy and so i got the digital copy so i was playing on friday but um yeah i did i did for in both cases finished the like i hit the credits in both games before i even got the physical copy in the mail so um yeah pokemon uh i'll just refer to as arceus from now on or legends for that matter so i don't have to say the whole title but legends is good and i say that as a person who's played basically every mainline pokemon game since the beginning um and I have skipped Ultra Sun and Moon and Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. I think those are the only games in the series that I have skipped just wholesale. Like, had no interest in buying them. And otherwise, I've played all of them to completion. Uh, and as someone who has such like a, like a tie to the series, I was very worried that uh like i think like the whole internet is is of like who is a pokemon fan is shares the sentiment of i need this game to be good because i'm running out of patience and like uh for and like uh goodwill towards like game freak and the pokemon company and that is even further like exacerbated by brilliant diamond shining pearl which are the worst like games they are one of the like one of if not the best selling games um around i think they sold pretty well considering but they are literally the glitchiest games and probably the worst reviewed uh or worst received critically at least fan by fans than uh any other game in the series in gen one like on the game boy um those games were pretty glitchy if if you don't remember or didn't don't know about it those games have like a lot of things you can do that you're not supposed to do and the game breaking things but here in 2021 like i guess 2021 2022 brilliant diamond shining pearl shipped incomplete and buggy as heck and so it was just like the worst value for $60, it was the worst value of a remake of not the definitive version of the game. It was not changed. Like, it, it there were a few changes, but there, for the most part, 99% of that game is we made a new version of a DS game that came out a million years ago. 
So, like, I was like, I have the version that I think looks better on the DS. I don't need to get this. So when Pokemon, uh, when when Legends was uh, like announced, I was excited because of the free movement and the camera, and what you could do, and I was pleasantly surprised that it met those expectations. The uh, game is an open world. It is has huge open areas that are not in- interconnected. Like you have to, you have this hub area which is like this town, and then from that town. You can go to uh, several different locations once you're into it. And it also has like a story that is more substantial than I think any like Pokemon game, like main series Pokemon game. It's not like rocket science or, or like super emotional or anything, but it's like an actual JRPG story, like straight up. Um, and beyond that it's an isekai do you know what an isekai is rob have we have we discussed like the specifics i haven't heard of an isekai until we did this podcast okay so like for for those that don't know an isekai is a very popular genre of um light novels anime manga where a character uh gets transported or reincarnated into a fantasy usually a fantasy world uh on average it could it can range through a bunch of things but basically main characters from modern day they retain their like memories and or sometimes just their like physical appearance and they just get plopped down with cheat powers into uh and by cheat powers i'll go into it um in context to uh into like a fantasy realm or setting is mystery dungeon an isekai i think technically you're like i think the one at least the one i'm aware of and i think it's the remake like the pokemon mystery dungeon dx i think you get like transformed into a pokemon into okay. to a world like you wake up and you're a pokemon and like all the pokemon talk and there's like no humans or whatever so i think technically yes it's an isekai because you're like you're a human and you get reincarnated as a Pokemon or something. Anyway, you are a modern day person from a world without Pokemon, and you are then reincarnated. Oh, I guess you're not. You're you're transported to a world of Pokemon, and your super cheat powers are you can catch and handle Pokemon better than anyone around, and you're an anomaly. You're literally like... Uh, a godsend no pun intended because you're literally sent by arceus the pokemon god (laughs) so you know hilarious joke uh yeah and then the game at the beginning because it's like a bunch of like people talking to you and explaining to you and like on rails it's pretty much a slog that i'm just like please let me play the game i don't care about the tutorials i just want to capture and battle with pokemon uh so once you get past that which like i felt like like it, i just felt like it dragged a little bit but once they let me free i was just like having a ton of fun um and i mean i was invested in the stories the characters seem more interesting and defined than they were before um 
obviously Pokemon has never been bad at designing good looking characters and like based on like personalities and all that kind of stuff. And this one, Pokemon is a surprisingly dark series if you like actually go into the lore of it. And now it's like kind of in the storyline, it's pretty plain text. Like things are harsh and dark and like it's a harsh world out there of Pokemon. And like if you if you like go out and you're not careful, you will die. Pokemon will kill you. Like that is not that's pretty much said uh in the game um which is like awesome because obviously that's what would happen but yeah is is there a death screen in this game or is there like no it's kind of like monster hunter where um you if you fail or like die in the field you get like carted back to the the main town yeah there uh, i don't think there's a nurse joy in the game actually okay. i think there's like an ancestor character that looks like nurse joy but she's not yeah. named nurse joy nurse pleasant <laughs> i don't remember her, what her name is but uh yeah it's it's got a lot of like lore tethers and it's kind of like we made a prequel game to the, like um the series it's definitely set in Generation 4, like, area, and a lot of the characters that are there are, like, they their ancestors show up in, um, in Generation 4, but it's not specifically focused on that. There's, gener- there's like, characters who are the ancestors of Generation 5 people, um, etc., etc. So you see all these familiar faces, yet they're new, distinct characters. So, but I don't know if they're ever going to do anything with that. So it doesn't really matter overall. Like it's like cool that they get to reuse some of these designs, but it's not like about that. Um, the gameplay is, uh, it has some minor tweaks that make it feel like new. So what do you, what is your familiarity with the Pokemon game formula? I I am stuck in like the Game Boy Advance. Uh, no, not Advance. Uh, probably the DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, the SD, I think, is era. Um, so basically, that... in your mind, you start out in a town, you get your starter, you go out, and your, your mission is to get all the badges and fight the Elite Four, yeah. right? That's my my experience that is not this game what there's no badges there's something akin to badges but they're not badges this game is of your enemies (laughs) this game is literally about collecting data for the pokedex um there's there's some like boss elements which could be seen as like gym battles they're not really and then there there are battles with trainers which are low focus like they're so low on the like on the tier list of things that are our importance but yeah the majority of the time 90 percent of the time you are running around in the field capturing pokemon multiple copies of the pokemon and like learning about them because you have to do certain things to register them in the pokedex because this is the first one that has ever been made so you have to observe 
and or do different tasks to complete the entries. Otherwise, they don't fully register. So, and then once you, you can level up because you're part of the survey team. So you're, once your survey level goes up, you get more stuff for it. It's like, it's all a system that supports itself. But with all that stuff, basically they have implemented things from Pokemon Go, like the fact that you capture multiple Pokemon and they're different sizes. And that plays like a role, I guess. Like you learn more about Pokemon if they're like bigger or smaller or certain quests like side quests that are in the game are like i really want you to bring me a big version of this pokemon mine's this size i want you to bring me like something this or or bigger and like okay and then they're like oh hey can you show me the the completed entry about this pokemon i'm really like curious about it because i'm like a really big fan of that one um yeah so there's a lot of stuff to do um in that sense beyond just i'm catching this single pokemon um and the difficulty is higher than a like a traditional pokemon game when it like one you as a trainer can get attacked like a pokemon can come and attack you and if they like hurt you enough you black out um and then you lose items and if you have your internet turned on your items that you lost becomes like a satchel and that satchel will show up in someone else's game and they can collect it and get a reward for it (laughs) yeah so um you lose items but someone else can pick it up and get a reward for it um it's actually pretty neat um because like it gives you if you're connected to the internet, it like gives you incentive like, oh, on my map, I see a bunch of all these satchels that are in locations and I can go collect them and get rewards for it. And like, it's a lot better of an interaction with random players than what Sword and Shield had, which was like these like ghost like characters that they weren't ghosts. They were basically like player characters that were running around the, uh, the open world environments but it made the game super laggy and it was not really fun anyway uh there's a lot it's not as much exploration or freedom of movement as um let's say breath of the wild but it does make you i I, at least for me i felt more invested in my team that i was building and I also felt more invested in, like, I conquered a, a challenge. I captured a Pokemon that was really annoying to catch or I was too low level to catch. And now that Pokemon that I, like, I feel rewarded for for catching them and learning about them, that they earned a spot on my team where they wouldn't have in a traditional game because there was no, like, it was just tick in a box for, for the most part. Um... Yeah, and some of the, the some of the the battles. I will say that the boss areas are pretty challenging. Some were more fun than others to learn, like the puzzles. Um, some were just annoying and difficult for no reason. Um, they were basically like, we made it so that you will die a few times, 
So there's that. Um, but I mean, they're not impossible. They're just annoyingly difficult, not for any other reason, but yeah. It's just uh, to get you into a sp spot where you're going to be later on in the game when you're winning all the time, you're going to feel a lot better. I mean, I would say yes, but it's not. they're not even Pokemon battles for the most part. They are literally like you... They're like you have to dodge with your character. Like you have to like move around and dodge and some of the spaces that they leave available to you or like other like stuff, they basically make it so that it's impossible not to be hit and you will take damage. And in those situations, basically, if you're taking if you've been damaged by a Pokemon in the field and you take damage, you don't heal or recover like it recovers automatically but it doesn't happen if you're being targeted by a pokemon all right okay. so if you're in a boss fight you and you take damage you are constantly targeted by that boss so you at no point can recover your health even if you continue to dodge perfectly mm -hmm. so like we're in um so if you if you have a rechargeable health bar but it doesn't recharge because you can't escape the situation. You don't get another shot. You're just done. So it doesn't matter. You could be at one health and you can be doing it perfectly for like 10 minutes. For those 10 minutes where it would have recovered in like 30 seconds, you're out of luck. So there's that. But uh, yeah, just some small annoying things in my opinion. Uh, there's some control stuff that I don't like. Um, some of the rideable Pokemon in the different scenarios, you should be able to catch and interact with things, but you can't, um, certain, certain, um, certain ways they control other than that are kind of annoying and complicated, but, um, for the most part, uh, it's it, like, yeah, there's ways to overcome that even if it's like you're fighting the game systems to do so and i could think i i would put it in the perspective of yeah maybe game freak is making this game five years too late like they made they should have this game should have existed five years ago and it would have felt like fine do i feel like this game is something the pokemon franchise needed yes do i think that for 2022 this is the game that we should be playing no i think we should have had like the third one of these at this point um and so they could have refined the the systems that they're that they're doing but um it's pretty competent more than it's not competent it just feels like it should have happened a few years ago like this should have probably come out when breath of the wild came out um kind of that and even then it would be a little bit behind Okay. If that makes any sense. Uh, and I think um, everyone out there is like, man, visually this game isn't impressive and it's kind of sad. And I will agree with you that it has a lot of style and sometimes it, it does look breathtaking, but most of the time it looks kind of muddy and the textures are kind of sad. And it's like, man, this is... Uh, as everyone says when they're fans of Pokemon, 
this is the highest grossing media franchise in the world. How come it looks like this? How come it plays like this? And uh, we still continue to ask that. <laughs> but I really liked it. Um, and there is a, there's more to do after the post game other than just collect Pokemon. There is like storylines to do, requests to do. And um, yeah, obviously collect all the Pokemon. You have to collect all the Pokemon in this to... Uh, to get like at the beginning of the game they literally say you can't uh you can't get Arceus the like the titular like Pokemon of the game unless you collect them all and so you have to and by and there's only like 250 ish Pokemon in the game it's all like strictly gen 4 plus some extras but that's kind of fine it makes sense for this game when you previously had games like Sword and Shield where the national decks wasn't available it didn't really make any sense because the games were more about battling like when you have competitive battling and you like take away a lot of people's favorite things like in this it's kind of more story focused more specifically environment focused so if those pokemon aren't here in this region you wouldn't have like certain animals that don't belong here there like it's kind of kind of makes more sense to me i guess so yeah i will continue to play it and continue to catch more pokemon i don't i don't know um i assume we'll find out i mean the game's only been out a week so i can only assume in the coming months we'll if this game is getting dlc or something we'll find out but this game was announced less than a year ago if that like you remember it was february so i don't know if we'll get something in february of an announcement of some kind either dlc for this or like what's next for pokemon because pokemon has been doing like a yearly november release so i can only imagine that will continue to be the case but that's about all i have to say about that oh yeah there was one thing totally separate from Pokemon. You remember I talked about this game? Is I don't know why it caught my. I I guess it's because like new game announcement. Anyway, and it like a short period of time. Remember that game Voice of Cards that I talked about a while back? Yeah. yeah. So like that was like it came out like three months ago maybe. Okay. It's already getting a sequel that comes out in two weeks. Really? Yeah, a sequel. Like I thought it was DLC. No, it's a sequel. So, yeah. Is it like is it an independent studio that made it or it's squ- it's Square Enix like it's, it's squ- yeah so what I don't know like I I think that it's just like they're using a lot of the assets from before like and they're making mm-hmm. new stuff new storyline new characters and blah, blah blah but like if you played the game or saw the game, you could see how it could, like, once they had all the groundwork done, they could make more of the same style really fast. So I can yeah. see that. But, um, I'm like, wow. Uh, you guys just made this game and already has, like, a sequel, quote-unquote. Uh, that's interesting. I was, like, thinking about getting, like, the first one, but now there's, like, two. I'm, I'm like, 
I kind of want there to be like a double pack or a discount or something. Like I, I don't want to go in. Uh, I don't think I don't know if I can like justify full price on that one. I don't know why my brain's like that, but it's just like three months for a full sequel. That's kind of strange to me. Like three months, it's not DLC. That that's that feels like yeah, it's it's worth waiting to see what critical reception is going to be on that one. The first one was received well, and I played it and I enjoyed myself. But I also am not like, I'm like three months for a sequel. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's like the the main reason. It would be just like, okay, is this going to be a train wreck, or did they? Like, I I assume it's going to be of the same quality, but I'm still yeah. just like, why weren't they just released together? Like, if you save the time, you just, like, okay, the game comes out three months later and there's two sides. There's Kingdom Hearts, A Chain of Memories, Sora side, and then there's the Riku side. Imagine if that was, we put out the Sora side, three months later, here's a separate game, not DLC for it, Riku. I mean, like judging by today's game standards like i think we talked about this in the past if they did make chain of memories now that would be a hundred percent what they would have done yeah but i mean you know full-fledged sequel because i mean if you look at it chain of memories like that is the sora side is a game the riku side is a full game in my opinion yeah so yeah it it's just yeah i i think i we I fool myself into thinking Riku is shorter because I have gotten good at that game by that point. So like the game also the- does a lot of the like the customization that like yeah. the, and the deck building that you have to do with Sora. It does it for you with Riku. So yeah, but and it it, it tries to emulate the like original game with the way that you play with the system that they have in Chain of Memories. So that way you can get a what I'm guessing at the time, they're like, ah, this will probably be the only time we'll play as Riku. And then, luckily, we were wrong. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyway, that's the Kingdom Hearts for the episode that we didn't have planned. <laughs> uh, I really dig Pokemon, but I do recognize that it has some flaws. And I can safely say that it's not the same game again. It's just, it's an iteration and quote-unquote evolution Haha, uh, for the series. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 oh, okay. sorry, Rob. And uh, and to the audience. But thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us on our socials listed below. Yeah. Oh, Rob. Wow, I I totally forgot this very important thing. Do your yeah. thing. Um, I I hope I'm not uh not to keep anyone here longer than. We, then I, we have all the time in the world. I have something really cool coming down the pipeline, and I just want to tell everyone about it. Uh, I am do. I have written my first short film. Uh, it is being directed by a friend of mine, Brendan Darby. Um, it is called A Story About Death. And the one-sentence description of it is, what if, uh, well, not what if, it's a story of a guy who uh, shoots death and uh, the ramifications that come after that. Uh, it's a guy named Emmett. He is grieving at the point. He, he's about to lose his father. He escapes to uh, his parents' cabin. 
trying to reject the situation. He attempts to go hunting. While he's out there, he comes face to face with death, accidentally shoots him. So, and then to make amends, he takes in death, tries to nurse him back to health, and they learn about each other and learn from each other. Uh, we currently have our Indiegogo going for it. Uh, I know that doesn't sound like a fun time for of a movie, but it is a is more of a dramedy. Uh, it is it goes everywhere with uh, that premise in ways that we uh, that are both funny and dramatic, and it's ultimately just a story about kind of embracing life. Um, and yeah, any support you guys can give listening in um if if you if uh the best you can do is share it around that helps so much um but if you can give any amount uh like even a dollar five like that's that's a good amount of help with it and like yeah it's this is really it's a really uh fun project um if good people are attached to it and yeah i hope you guys uh check it out yeah it's uh i'm looking forward to it i um i know i mean a little bit about the behind the scenes obviously rob and i are like we communicate all the time but i'm i'm looking forward to seeing it um in action and we'll definitely link to to it below and talk about it uh in the coming weeks as the campaign continues to go on also uh follow the link that we will have below to learn more information about it and you can see i think um I don't know. I think it's just uh, Darby's uh, video presenting it, yeah. and you'll you'll learn more, and you'll see yeah, what uh, all the rewards are from the different tiers on the Indiegogo. Yes. So yes, um, uh, Darby's made some videos for it. If you follow me on Instagram, I've yammered about it a big bunch. Um, I've also uh, made a separate uh, dancing uh, countdown to uh, how the days are going. Uh, how much days you have to mm-hmm. donate so uh we also have an instagram that I, I throw memes on all the time for it so if you like the quality out. of the collages that we have every uh, every time we make this podcast <laughs> rob has a meme a, essentially a meme channel uh oh. in that vein so it's just grim reaper based yeah it's, yeah so as yeah, the kids it say, yeah. it is uh, it's based, which I that's <laughs> the that's the only time I will ever use that uh, that slang. So, well, thank you. Uh, I now have that sound clip. <laughs> no. All right, the episode's uh, not going yeah. live anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was episode eighty-three. Thank you as always. You can follow us below, and we'll be back. Uh, I assume we'll be back next week, unless. Uh, a blizzard, a time loop, and a new Pokemon game prevent us from uh, from making it. But thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next time. See you guys.